Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Happy Tuesday, September 12. Welcome back, listeners. I'm Kim Hauer, and... I'm Devin Enzer. Devin Enzer, still here in the studio with me. Thanks for staying. Yep. Truth be told, you don't have a ride, so you have no choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're captive. He's enjoying it, though. He's I'm a Cape Cod chip. What? I'm a Cape Cod potato chip. <laughs> you do not get the joke? I don't get the joke. I'm a cape. I have a cape. I'm a cod. I'm a cod. And I'm a chip. I'm a Cape Cod chip. <laughs> All right, Devin's a Cape Cod chip. Anyways. Anyways. Um, before we get started, I want to give a shout out to my friend Joy um, because I noticed that on the calendar, September 12 is her birthday, and she's one of my faithful listeners, and she encourages me so often in my podcast. Um, so happy birthday, Joy. I hope you have a great birthday today. And uh, shout out to you and blessings to you today. Shout out, Joy. Thanks, Devin. Uh, all right. So Testimony Tuesday is what we call today. Woohoo! Right? Um, I think you shared probably a little bit more of your big testimony previously when you were on with Dwight. Yes. Um, but I thought maybe since we're kind of wrapping up the summer, but during the summer, you had a pretty cool experience, I think, right? Yes, ma'am. You got to go to Camp Geneva for a week? Yep. Um, and did you have anything from that week that you can say, you know what, God showed up in a much more real and personal and awesome way than I knew before I went to camp? Uh, Packing clothes. When I was packing up, when I was packing up my clothes, it was fun and then uh i got to stay at camp geneva for the whole six and a half days so that was a blessing so what part of what was your favorite part about camp and being there the lake party and then the pool party was probably my personal favorite parts of camp geneva all right um how was staying in a cabin staying with a cabin was interesting uh, for some reason, none of us could go to sleep until like 10.30 at night on the first day. Oh, boy. That's probably because we weren't in our natural environment. Yeah. And we heard the most, in my opinion, I heard the most fireworks on Monday than I did on Tuesday. I only heard oh. one on Tuesday. Gotcha. And I heard like 15 or something on Monday. When did you go to Camp Geneva? The 4th of July weekend. <laughs> that explains the fireworks. I gotcha. I'm like, why were there fireworks? That's interesting. Um, yeah, I bet you heard a lot of them then when you were there. Mm -hmm. So um, so it was difficult acclimating to the cabin and falling asleep. Yep. Um, but by the end of the week, did you feel like you were able to do that? Fall asleep easier? Uh, th by, the, by Tuesday, I was definitely already natural to it it was probably just because of the smell and uh no offense to camp geneva but those beds are rock hard yeah not good beds yeah no, no um but i gotta be honest with you i've been to camp geneva in different ways emma actually went the only one of my kids um 
But the cabin that she stayed in was amazing. The beds might be hard, mm-hmm. but as far as amenities, it's not really that. No. Roughing it. No. Pretty nice bathrooms. Yes. Really nice showers. Right. So kind of spoiled as far as camps go because it's yeah. a pretty nice camp. But I'm glad that you experienced a hard bed because you know what? We can't have comfort in all of life. No. Sometimes we have to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. And then we can learn maybe at that point where God shows up, mm-hmm. you know, helps us fall asleep anyway, even though the bed is very uncomfortable. I, right? I was on. Unco- I'm uncomfortable right now sitting in a weird shape. <laughs> You never know what you're going to say, do you? No. All right. So any big God story, though, from the week? Like, was there uh, was there a song or was there um, a fireside chat or anything like that that um, kind of deepened your faith in God? Uh, when we did our Bible studies at 830 at night. Yeah. We had about 30 minutes before bed. We got to get a snack and we had a lot of fun reading about the Word of God and and then we had uh, the theme for Camp Geneva this year was Echo. Echo. So it, what it stands for is Echoing God's Word. So. Didn't we kind of talk about that yesterday? Yeah, I think we did. Right? Andrew. I'm assuming that's what they mean by Echo. Like Andrew echoed mm-hmm. who Jesus was to his brother Simon. Philip echoed who Jesus was to his buddy Nathaniel. Yep. So that's cool how that kind of ties in. I like that. So, uh, yeah, echo, share the word of God, yep. echo it out, right? So others hear. But they said it, echoing in a cave. Right. It just kind of automatically reverberates, right? When you talk and say something into a cave, it just kind of expands. Echo, 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 echo. You're welcome. Well done. Thank you. Well, very cool. I'm glad to hear about your week at Camp Geneva. Um, I'm glad I'm glad that God um, made himself more real to you in that week. And I am quite certain that it's going to play out through what you share with us today as well. Mm-hmm. So very cool. All right, John, uh, we're up to chapter two. Yes. This is the story of Jesus changing water into wine. So John 2, verse 1 through 11. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine, after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. 
Mm-hmm. All right. So as you were reading this story, what stood out to you? Um, when what stuck out to me is when uh, Jesus said, "Now bring, now draw some out to the master of the banquet," and he was surprised at how good the wine was, and he was shocked. He didn't even know that it was wine, uh, water. Sorry about that. Um, and that kind of stuck out to me that Jesus can just there's wine. And what we were talking over about at my neighbor's house about my homework. Um, this homework as you were preparing. Yes. Right? Yes. So you were talking to your neighbor. They were mm-hmm. helping you go through this. Mm-hmm. So when um, you were talking, what did they uh, help you come to a conclusion on? There, We were talking about how there was a new wine and then there was the alcohol drunk, drunking wine. Jesus made the new wine, which we would call grape juice. Um, and then the alcohol beverages is what was the bad wine. And Jesus made the grape juice wine, which is the good wine for us, or what, or we call it the new wine. Gotcha. So I think I was reading somewhere in a commentary about that, um, aspect as well. I never perceived it to be that way. Generally, because during that historical time, weddings were like a week long or more, um, celebration. Mm-hmm. So when somebody got married, besides the fact that it was a really long engagement period where the bride and the groom were separated for like a year while the groom was making a place for his new bride. And then all of a sudden they have this, not all of a sudden, but you know, they have this celebration, this huge party. Yep. So they have this huge party in which there's lots of wine and drinking and dancing and food and everybody's there hanging out for a week just celebrating. Um, and I believe that it actually was wine because wine has a different word than grape juice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do believe that this was wine that has an alcoholic content to it. But back then, the wine was not created in such a fashion as it is today. So I think the wine was probably, they could drink more wine back then and not get drunk. Then today, it seems like we live in a culture and have for a while where the alcohol is actually created with the intent of being able to drink less and become more drunk. Mm-hmm. Back then, the, the wine was used really just as a beverage probably for most people. It was... It was good. There was nothing bad about wine. The excess of wine was bad, right? So if we think, um, what I think was cool about that, though, is that the master, right, who the servants brought the wine to him, he had no idea any of this was going on. Yeah. He had no idea that Jesus' mother, Mary, went to Jesus and said, they ran out of wine. We got to do something, right? Do something, Jesus, because she knows he can and so she's kind of begging for him to do something yeah, that so that the party doesn't stall, right? They mm-hmm. don't want the party to end. And if they ran out of wine at that party, the people who are hosting the party would be looked down upon big time. And that falls, everything falls on them. Right. So if they ran out of food or wine, the entire community would look down on them and say, you poor people, like how pathetic. You have this big celebration party and you can't even provide for all the people that you've invited. And so their reputation would have been greatly at stake. 
Mm. Um, it, it led me to think like these, it doesn't say whose wedding this is, but it leads me to believe that this is somebody very close to Mary and Jesus then, obviously, because Jesus was Mary's son. So whoever Mary's friends and family were, were also Jesus' friends and family. Um, so whatever connection they had to Mary, it tells me that Mary wanted so badly to spare her friends or family of that embarrassment. And that also stuck out to me how Mary, how Jesus didn't want to show himself yet. Like, Jesus, you're about to form about a hundred miracles. <laughs> Lots of them, right? Yeah. Why are you waiting? Like, people already know that you're a miracle worker. Excuse me. Um, But why would you want to hide? Because you're so perfect. Right. Like, you're just, you're perfect. Right. That's and the it, part that doesn't get me. And Mary got that too, right? So this is Mary. She knows Jesus is the son of God. Yes. She knows he's the Messiah. She's known this for a long time. Jesus isn't a little boy anymore. No. So she knows that he's the Messiah, and she knows that eventually his kingdom will come and be um, made aware of to everybody. Yes. So she's like, come on, Jesus, let's do this. You know, you can do this, and just had faith that he would, because then she just tells the servants, do whatever he says. Even mm -hmm. though Jesus shot her down and said, it's no, not no, my no, time, no, no. I'm not going to do it. Mary still believed that Jesus could and most likely would yeah. do what would save this family's reputation. Yes. Um, but Jesus was saying, right, I'm not doing this for the fleshly reasons. I'm not doing this because I need people to approve of me or I need to demonstrate myself. He's like, I need to my be kingdom comes holy. when God says the time is here. Um, so I think it's just cool that... Um, Jesus probably went away, you know, and just mm -hmm. had a conversation with his father and said, all right, God, heavenly father, I just said it's not the time because I don't believe it is. But maybe he had a conversation with his heavenly father. And that's when God said, all right, I guess it's time. This is how it's going to go down. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so then Jesus responded by doing this. That's probably why he was hiding behind the curtains or so to speak. Because otherwise, you notice how if you go later in the Bible, John, Peter, and one other disciple were all sleeping when he prayed to God before his crucifixion. And then he went down there, and they, and then he, they awoke, and they fell back to sleep. So I feel like Jesus doesn't want people seeing him praying, even though he does, because he doesn't. He doesn't want people to start copying him or start being copying cats. And then they pray, oh, God, make me super rich. And it doesn't happen. <laughs> that's, yep. that's how people are probably trying. That's what Jesus is probably thinking. Like, right. Well, I think um, for, for, this, for this story, right, Jesus is making it pretty clear that God's timing is God's timing. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that can circumvent God's timing. No. You know, um, Mary's pleads and begging Jesus to, it had to be that God says, all right, now's the time. Maybe it wasn't an hour ago, but now it is. I don't mm -hmm. know. Um, but we don't know God's plans. We don't know no. his time, right? We don't always know all those details. But here, Jesus was saying, I, I, I have not been told 
that now's the time. So I'm not going to do it. Um, and um, I thought it was cool that at the end, like for the new wine, at the beginning of a celebration, a lot of times people would serve the best wine first, meaning the highest quality wine. The most expensive wine. The most expensive wine at the beginning because then people would know that mm -hmm. like this is good wine. But after people have enough wine... They become a little bit more drunk, a little less discerning. Then they won't notice whether or not the wine is good or not. No. That's just the way wine works. You don't know that. Hopefully you won't know that until it's legal for you to do so when you're 21. But that's what people would do in that day and even today. So what Jesus did is created wine from water, mm -hmm. miracle in and of itself. But not only that, but it was the best wine yet and the thing that they actually do use water to make wine yes so i mean what a transformation right jesus didn't add anything to it no. to change it into wine it wasn't i mean i think the story saying it was full to the brim tells you there was no more room for him to add something grape juice or whatever else to turn it yeah. into wine no artificial it just transforms exactly um but jesus um makes it clear that he saves the best for last. Yes, always. Right? And that's the hope of us uh, believers. That's why... The best is yet to come, right? When he when died. When we believe in God. The best Jesus, came. The best is yet to come. He like, came three days later, and that was the best. So Yeah. So it's always true that the best is yet to come. Mm -hmm. So I think that's probably enough for today. We've dug pretty deep. Yeah, really um, deep. Right. Um, and I just pray that uh, the words that we use today, the things that we spoke will enter into your hearts today as you think about how God transforms things from something uh, really out of something out of nothing. Out of um, the ordinary. Yeah. He just can do amazing things. And the best is yet to come. So hope. live in that hope. Yes. Hope this helps you with spiritual wises. Yeah. All right. Have a great Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow. See ya. On Wednesday. Goodbye. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.